The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, January 17, 2019, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, how are you? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, Rachel. I love pretending that she's actually listening to the show. Uh, coming up on today's podcast, it's another weird Thursday with the esteemed Jody Hamilton from The Stephanie Miller Show. She's here today. And holy crapola, there's too much news today. Okay, we've got a Michael Cohen bombshell. We've got a gigantic Rudy Giuliani bombshell. In fact, we have collusion. Yeah! Yep. Yes, we do. Uh, by the way, a sanctions vote uh, that uh, exposed the Republicans for the Russian assets they are. We've got that story as well. And we've got some amazing poll numbers showing that Donald Trump is crashing and burning. I know, it's so sad, isn't it? Aww. Yeah, it's so terrible. All right, uh, now that the holidays are over, it's time to reward yourself for making it through all that happy crappy with some goodies of your own from Amazon.com, right? And when you shop, make sure to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Using our link will take you to the front page of Amazon.com where you shop as normal. But because you used our link, we receive a teeny tiny commission on some of your purchases. Meanwhile, you can also use our Chris Lavoy banded masculine link beneath the logo to shop for man-scented candles, including my favorite fresh-cut grass-scented candle. And thank you for shopping through our Amazon link and our Chris Lavoy banded masculine link. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. That Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. All right, let's dig in now uh, because uh, the fire hose of news is working overtime. It is the Trump crisis day, 728, 656 days until the 2020 presidential election. And day 27 of the Trump shutdown. And right over there, it's Jody on the show. Jody, hi, Jody. <laughs> Hello, Bob. Hello, hi, how are you? Hello, Bob. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Jody, uh, where do we begin? I, I guess, hi. you know, I guess we have to start with Rudy Giuliani. And the fact that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing. Stephanie Miller has been playing the, uh, the You're Goddamn Right I Did clip from A Few Good Men, which we played at the top of the show today. Uh, she's been playing that for months now because mm -hmm. for some reason, all of the Trump people feel like, oh, shit, well, I guess we need to blurt the truth randomly just when people mm -hmm. are least expecting it. We're just going to do all lies. We're going to blanket the media with lies. And then just every once in a while, we're going to say the truth out loud just in this outburst. And that's exactly what happened with Rudy Giuliani, where last night on CNN with one of the nine or ten Cuomos that we see on cable news, <laughs> Rudy Giuliani actually blurted 
that there was collusion. <laughs> yeah, our new collusion. Something zone. big's coming down. It's got to be. He usually does this when something big's coming. Yeah, you think? I mean, although, you know, I, I've kind of finished playing that game where we sit around and go, oh, who's going to get indicted? I guess Don Jr.'s up. <laughs> You know, it's well, like, my birthday's tomorrow. It could be Don Jr. It could be Julian Assange. It could be Roger Stone. It could be Jared. Any with one of those is a good birthday present for me. Oh, wait. Tomorrow's your birthday. Uh-huh. So we have a birthday. We have a birthday. I just thought I'd use that one for, uh, for your well, happy birthday, God damn it! Thank why, you. why was I never informed? God damn it! I wasn't informed. You will be on Facebook tomorrow, probably. Oh, well, perfect. Okay, that's see. I always rely now on Facebook. See, that's why I can't quit Facebook because <laughs> otherwise I'd have no clue. It's just in my head, no, nobody ever has a birthday unless I've got Facebook. Uh, well, that's great. I mean, are you doing anything other than you know following to make sure Don Jr. gets indicted on your birthday? No, we. I I used to throw these huge parties and um i just not the anymore. last one was when i turned 50 and that was two years ago and i'll probably sh- throw another one like when i'm 55 and when i'm 60 if i make it um, <laughs> right. but, um but you know I, all my friends are like you're gonna have a party and nah. yeah <laughs> they're yeah. expensive i you know i buy a lot of booze i buy food you know <laughs> it's, it ain't cheap <laughs> right right well i mean maybe that's why rudy did it maybe rudy was giving you yeah. uh jody hamilton a little bit of an early birthday present by admitting to collusion yeah! bless his heart I know, I know. Every time we say uh, we have collusion, <laughs> every time we say that, we have to play the sound now because I'm yes. I'm just that ridiculous. So Rudy Giuliani was on CNN. If you haven't heard the clip yet, Sorry. this is the clip. This is Rudy Giuliani just letting fly that, yes, there was collusion between the campaign and Russia. Thank you very fucking much. Mr. By Mayor, the time they did that. What, the what, amount of false reporting about this case mm-hmm. is despicable. Mr. Mr. Mayor, despicable. false reporting <laughs> is saying that... Did you notice? Despicable. Despicable. I mean, he's... Best he, Daffy Duck ever. I mean, how could he not be handing you and Stephanie Miller and the entire Stephanie Miller crew, <laughs> like, a giant gift? He literally said, Despicable. Yes, he did. I mean, in fact, Chris Cuomo or whichever Cuomo that is uh, just <laughs> recoiled because he was even on the remote satellite feed. Chris Cuomo still got hit by the spittle <laughs> when, when Rudy said, Death, it's despicable. Mr. Mayor, they did that. What, the what, amount of false reporting about this case is despicable. Mr. Mr. Mayor, it's false despicable. reporting is saying that nobody in the campaign only, had any contact. Not only did he say it, but he said it twice. He said it he twice. He repeated himself just like Daffy Duck. You're despicable. Good God. He is the gift that keeps on giving the yes, whole year. Yeah, well, let's continue with this because it even gets better. That's with Russia. False reporting is saying that there has been no suggestion of any kind of collusion between the campaign and any Russians. Because now you have Paul Manafort giving poll data I, I that winds said, up leading I, to this coincidence. Well, you just misstated my position. I never said there was no collusion between the campaign. Or between people in the campaign? Yes, you I have, have no idea if there, I have not. I said the you, President of the United States. There is not a wow. single bit of evidence. The President of the United States committed the wow. only crime you could commit wow. here. Wow. 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 You know what you know what he did? Um, okay, well, so obviously we heard Rudy Giuliani say there. Well, I never said, I never said that. I never said there was no collusion between the campaign. Not only did he admit that. Right. But now he's lying about what the president has said and what the president hasn't said. The president has said, Donald Trump has said on many, many occasions, there was no collusion of any kind. Mm -hmm. Of any kind. I have heard this with my own ears, and I swear to fucking God, I'm so sick and tired of every time I watch the news, feeling like, Jody, feeling like I'm going insane. I mean, it was- well, yeah, I mean, Adam Schiff had a great tweet about it today. The 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 collusion evolution by Rudy Giuliani. The collusion evolution. There was, yeah, it's great. There was no collusion. <laughs> Even if there was collusion, it's not a crime. Truth yeah. isn't truth. It happened a long time ago. I never said there was no collusion. I said no collusion with the president of the United States. That's where it's morphed into. Right, right. So, and then you have to ask the question then beyond that, which is that Donald Trump is a notorious micromanager. And in this case, obviously, Trump was aware of what was going on inside his campaign. I mean, we've seen time and time again, we've seen evidence of Donald Trump giving favorable treatment to Vladimir Putin and Russia. And we've seen all the evidence that has come down in the form of reporting, in the form of official court documents, 
all of it, including Rudy Giuliani just admitting today uh, or yesterday on CNN that we have collusion. Yeah! We have- there you go. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so yeah, once again, you're goddamn right. I ordered the code red. It was just like he was forced and forced and forced till finally he let fly. And so, like, what's the next thing going to be, too? I mean, I know we're just digesting this thing, but I I wonder if Rudy's even going to make it as a member of Trump's legal team uh, from now on. Because, I mean, Donald Trump had to have been furious at that. His base doesn't care. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he literally could just do anything, and they're like, that's fine as long as they own us. And, and I, I, I mean, the, the shutdown could stop in a New York minute with Mitch McConnell yeah. and or just every TSA agent not showing up to work. Well, you know what? I, speaking of his base, I think his base is dwindling. I actually it think is. that there are major, major cracks forming. And as we've seen... The, the Republican Party on its own has been dwindling in its own numbers. So when yeah. somebody says, oh, 85% of Republicans are in support, well, it's no longer 1,000, it's 100, you know? Right. It's 85 of 100 people, not 850 out of 1,000. So it's it's dwindling and dwindling and dwindling <laughs> on a daily basis, just to Republicans, let alone his core supporters. You're right. Mm-hmm. Some of them work for the TSA. Some of them work are soybean farmers. Some, You know, there's all these people that have been screwed by him and his policies and the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're finally... It's finally hitting them, which sucks that it had to hit them before they realized it. But yeah, well, it's, it's such a relief. That's what it takes. Exactly, and it's such a relief uh, to finally see this happening. Where ever mm-hmm. since the campaign, and even the early days of the campaign, even in 2015, for God's sake, we were watching Donald Trump saying obnoxious things, and then his poll numbers go through the roof. We were seeing right. Donald Trump accused of serious crimes, and yet his poll numbers end up climbing. And this was among Republicans, mind you, during the uh, during the Republican primaries and. In 2015 and 2016 this wasn't out of all voters but now finally i think and it's partly because they're seeing now and they're realizing and these are trump supporters even some of the marginal ones they're seeing now that donald trump is not he's never going to pivot he's never going to become more polished mm-hmm. he's never going to become uh more presidential this is something that's never ever going to happen and i think uh that alone i think would dwindle his support among uh, right. his red hats but at the same time this sort of thing that we're seeing with the shutdown and now combined with, you know, increasing indications that Donald Trump is absolutely 100 percent guilty of everything we've been talking about since uh-huh. 2015 and even earlier than that. I mean, we're looking at a, an, a PBS uh, NPR poll showing that 57 percent of voters say they won't vote for Trump in 2020. Fifty seven percent. That's great. Now, we'll actually see. Don't get happy. I mean, that's right. the, the key here. I mean, we see these, yeah, these these numbers early on. I think the uh, Democratic field for the primaries just jumped by just doubled. <laughs> we're we're going to have like 80 to 90 candidates uh, running. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried numbers. about that, too. Like you were yeah. talking about with Stephanie the other day. I'm totally worried that there's going to be too many yeah. and they're going to be slinging poo at each other. And that's just bad for the party and bad for the eventual nominee. It's It's got to be as bad as it was between Hillary and Bernie. It didn't get super bad until towards mm. the end. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty civil between the two of them for most of the campaign. Mm. Um, and then and then Bernie's ego got in the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pure and simple, it was his ego that got in the way. And Because unlike Hillary Clinton in 2008, she threw her delegates to Barack Obama at the at the convention immediately. Yeah. Well, in fact, speaking of Bernie, I want to come back to Bernie here in just a few minutes because I have a question for Bernie supporters who, who listen to the show. And I know there are Bernie supporters who listen to the show. And, and, you know, again, I'm not making any personal attacks against you or the fact that you like Bernie. It's just, uh, let's put it this way. I have questions, and I need some of those questions answered. So we'll talk about that in the context of this uh, sanctions vote from yesterday. But we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But back to this poll. I mean, the NPR poll should showed a lot of numbers that are just awful, awful news for Donald Trump. And it's great news, of course, for the rest of us. Uh, Trump is down significantly among suburban men, a net positive approval rating of 51 to 39 percent to a net negative of 42 percent approve, 48 percent disapprove. That's a net Mm -hmm. change of down 18 percentage points, 18 percentage points. And Donald Trump is still walking around as if so totally winning. This is such a big win. I'm always winning. You will get so bored of winning. This is not winning at all. This is absolutely losing. And the sooner they realize that, the better off the rest of the country is going to be. Trump, meanwhile, is down a net of 13 points among white evangelicals. 
from 73 to 17% approved to 16 to 20, I mean, I'm sorry, 66 to 23% approved. That's a huge drop. He's down a net of 10 points among Republicans from 90 to 7 to 83 to 10%. I mean, it's still a gigantic percentage of Republicans support him. I mean, 83% of Republicans, what the goddamn hell is wrong with you? But then, like we were saying, there there are less people identifying as Republicans now. So, yes, That's it's 83% true. of that number. And what is that number compared to what it was six months, a year, two years ago? Right, right. Meanwhile, Trump is margin- down marginally among white men with a college degree from 56 to 34, down to 50 to 35 uh, percent approve. A net change downward of seven points. Meanwhile, 36% of voters support Trump declaring a national emergency to reallocate money to pay for his border wall while 51 percent oppose an emergency declaration well that may be one reason why he hasn't done it yet uh-huh. i said well if he was going to do it he was going to announce it at that oval office address but he never did it and i think he just backed out i think he got uh, a scared at the last minute and just decided <laughs> not to do it because he knew was, i mean anyone in the white house with a brain in their head I guess that's a high bar to, to, to cross. <laughs> that's a really high bar there, man. Yeah. Just find someone with a brain in their head. Good luck. Um, <laughs> but anyone with a brain in their head has got to tell him, you know, look, the, the courts are going to overturn this. This is going to be a waste of time. And your support is dwindling anyway. Why bother making it worse? So that's the poll scenario where Trump just seems to be collapsing. And then I can't imagine. If you're a Trump supporter and you watch that clip of Rudy Giuliani, I can't imagine mm-hmm. how deluded you have to be to, to be able to look at that and go, well, yeah, there's still no collusion. Uh, I mean, they didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing here. This is a big nothing burger. They do. They delude themselves into going, well, that wasn't real. They edited the tape. That's on CNN, so we can't count it. I mean, there's yep. so many ways that they wrap themselves into knots trying mm-hmm. to disavow the truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are people in the far left, the Greenberg crowd, and et cetera, that are the same way. They're like, there is nothing there. It's like, what are you talking about? Did you just call Greenwald Greenberg? Yeah, <laughs> Greenwald, whatever. <laughs> Well, yeah, I know. What yes, you mean. the Greenwald crowd. Sorry to the Greenberg family. Uh, the Greenwald <laughs> crowd. Um, that that they they still believe. They're like, no, there's. Not, I mean, I have friends that are on the left that are going. That's don't pay attention to that. That's not real. It's like, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, I cannot fully emphasize, and I almost feel like I'm stating the obvious when I say this, but I think it bears repeating over and over again the the colossal significance of everything that we're observing right now, um, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to Russia, obviously. And how utterly dangerous and treacherous this is. I mean, it's it's really hard to underscore that enough because, first of all, we've never seen anything like this. There is no precedent for how we weed this out because not only are we talking about Donald Trump, Donald Trump's campaign, Donald Trump's White House, uh, and in some cases, Donald Trump's bureaucracy. We're also talking about upward of 42 Republicans, at least in the United States Senate, who are very obviously in the pocket of Russia. Why would 42% of these Republicans vote with Russia and with Donald Trump with his sinking approval numbers and his obvious corruption and his obvious criminality and his obvious traitorous links to uh, Moscow? Why would they vote with him to approve the lifting of these sanctions against Oleg goddamn Deripaska? Mm-hmm. Of all people, Oleg Deripaska, who if anyone who's been reading even just the lead sentences in all of these articles knows that Oleg Deripaska is one of the key players in all of this. This was the guy who Paul Manafort was dealing with. Paul Manafort, who, by the way, Rudy Giuliani just accused of collusion last night. So we do. Yes, we have collusion. <laughs> I know. I'm just waiting to see how long people will get sick of that. That's I'm just going to push it. And then I'm going to wait till that line is crossed, and I'm going to push it a little bit more, as I always do. And then I'll pull back and away from the, uh, we have collusion. Oh, come on. I wasn't really saying at that time. I was just, uh, never mind. So 42 Republicans vote with Russia and Trump to approve the lifting of these sanctions. And here's the question. Here's the question. You're a Bernie supporter uh, listening in. Why didn't Bernie vote 
in that uh, crucial yeah. vote about sanctions yesterday. Why did he just, why did he abstain? Now, I, I understand he had a meeting in his office, but th- the primary thing that senators are supposed to do is to vote on legislation. So why would he not say, right. can we pause this meeting? I got to run down the hall or I got to run across the street and go cast it out because I don't know where Bernie's office is. I guess it's, I assume it's one in the in one of the office buildings that isn't in the Capitol. But nevertheless, I mean, go in, vote, come back, finish the meeting. Right. And it was a, and it was an important meeting. It was a meeting that I, I think we're all glad to see was going on, that, that Bernie is going to weed out any sexual harassment that's going on inside his staff or inside his uh, would-be campaign for president. So that's all good. But at the same time, you don't skip uh, a vote like this, especially when it has to do with the biggest national security story in the history of the United States, mm-hmm. the biggest counterintelligence story in the history of the United States, the biggest scandal to ever face the presidency in the history of the United States, something that is, is indeed an existential crisis for American democracy as we know it, for worldwide democracy, if you want to extend it out even further, if we're talking about things like NATO and Europe and Russian dominance over all of that, or the potential for Russian dominance, why? I mean, okay, so there's another, I'm, I'm going to answer my own question. There's another possible excuse that Bernie could come up with. Well, they weren't going to win the vote anyway. They weren't going to cross the 60 vote threshold, so why even bother? But Bernie knows more than anyone else, Jody, mm-hmm. the significance of a vote, even if you're going to lose. Yep. Bernie Sanders is all about casting votes and proposing legislation simply to make a point, not to necessarily win. These are sort of things that a lot of especially senators do. Well, they're they'll cast a vote in opposition to the rest of the caucus or something like that to say, OK, well, here I'm making this uh, statement with this vote. And in this case, what's the statement by not showing up? Right. Why would he not stand in solidarity with the Democratic caucus on this to say, Donald Trump, you lifting sanctions uh, against Oleg Deripaska's companies, Rusal and all these things. This is a a severe indication of deep and profound corruption inside the executive branch of the United States government in the midst of a 27 day long shutdown by a chief executive who's in the pocket of Moscow. Mm-hmm. Why would you not vote on something like that? Something with monumental importance surrounding it. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm asking as a friendly. Um, I, everyone knows what I feel about Bernie Sanders, how I feel about mm-hmm. Sanders. Uh, that said, I am genuinely curious why, why he didn't vote. It just seemed, because I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it may not be fishy. It may not lead to some sort of incriminating thing, but it doesn't help. Nope. Why? (laughs) Why would he not bother (laughs) to help his own cause or to help his own innocence in all of this? Because then you couple that with the fact that he voted against the Magnitsky Act, too. Mm Mm-hmm. He sure did. Why? I just want to know why. Because before I level any serious accusations along these lines, I just want to know what the explanation is. Okay, so when it came down to the reasons why Bernie Sanders voted against closing Guantanamo Bay, closing the detention facility there, he voted against it. I'm not sure if Mm -hmm. Bernie supporters listening in realize that, but he voted against closing Guantanamo. So when you uh, start accusing Barack Obama of not closing Guantanamo, this is one of the reasons why. Because he couldn't get support mm-hmm. from people like Bernie Sanders. So, you know, you ask that question, we'll say, okay, well, you know, Bernie Sanders isn't, uh, you know, a hawk when it comes to counterterrorism. But maybe it was because Bernie Sanders didn't want, you know, terrorists being transferred into Vermont, for example, into right. uh, federal penitentiaries there. You know, maybe there was some reasonable explanation. Maybe it was a homegrown explanation along those lines. Fine. If that's the case with this vote regarding sanctions, I want to know what the explanation is. Okay? Okay. So, now, down to uh, Michael Cohen. Says who? Michael Cohen. Once again, here we are with Michael Cohen, who was a villain for a long, long time. 
and who is now <laughs> the John Dean of all of this. I mean, uh-huh. who, weirdly. Yeah. I mean, who would have guessed that Michael Cohen would end up being John Dean, the guy who finally uh, uh, breaks the dam wide open? So Cohen says who has said that uh, Donald Trump ordered him to pay for the rigging of online polls. I mean, you talk about rigging. I mean, that's the irony of everything that Donald Trump was saying about rigging during the campaign. This is uh, this is more rigging, and Donald Trump was the one doing the rigging. I mean, this is kind of a view into how Donald Trump projects all of his frailties and all of his criminality onto his enemies uh, in order to cover up his own deficiencies. <clears throat> and this is one of those cases where he's paying Michael Cohen tens of thousands of dollars uh, to uh, uh, hire this firm to rig the online polls that we were seeing during the campaign. As if the online polls really meant anything. Everyone knows, who follows uh, presidential elections, knows that you should never believe online polls because they're, right. they're always rigged, right? Because, we, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, never have we discovered yet, at least, until, well, at least until now, that those polls were being rigged at the behest of the candidate in this case, himself. You know, right. it's always been like an activist thing. Like everyone in uh, everyone on Reddit suddenly is like, or 4chan is like, okay, let's go over. They've got a poll going. I mean, going back all the way to 2008, like when Ron Paul was running for president, I remember, you know, just everyone going up and doing these, uh, I don't even know what they would call them, where everyone would flood just a, a single online poll to make it look like Ron Paul was leading in the primaries, even though he really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that goes on a lot. You know, it's like you, you can't believe online polls. You can't believe uh, yard signs and you can't believe crowd sizes as indications as to who's winning an election. But uh, in this case, Donald Trump decided to spend, what, $50,000 to rig online polls. And at the same time, he paid Michael Cohen to create an account that was designed to make Donald Trump look like a sexy man. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. Like, okay, we're yeah. going to create a fake account that promotes the notion that Donald Trump is hot. You're a liar, Trump. <laughs> uh, Cohen replied to all of this on Twitter and tweeted that what I did was at the direction of and for the sole benefit of Donald J. Trump, I truly regret my blind loyalty to a man who didn't deserve it. Um, CNN pointed out that Cohen was implicating Trump in the payment which the journal reported was made via a Walmart bag filled with cash. This IT firm said, well, the full payment was meant to be $50,000. It was only paid. They were only paid around $12,000 for the job. Wow. Uh, in, which means that possibly Michael Cohen just pocketed a bunch of that money. I mean, that's what happens when you're dealing with cash. That cash could go fucking anywhere. You know, that's why. I mean, Michael Cohen's like, yoink, I'm just going to I'm gonna take a bunch of this money for myself. I mean, that's what it seems. I don't like. blame him at this point. Yeah. So either <laughs> either Donald Trump was cheapening out, wrong, you know, like he always does by not paying his subcontractors or stiffing them to a certain degree on uh, what they're owed, or it could be that Michael Cohen took the entire fifty thousand dollars from Trump and stuck uh, what all but th- he stuck thirty eight thousand dollars of it in his pocket. Thirty eight. Thousand plus twelve thousand is fifty thousand, right? I'm just doing. That I believe quickly. yes, that is very okay. good. That oh, was quick, and you're you. very good at that. Good oh, for you. Um, I got the math. I was right. good at the math. I was good at the math when I was younger. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's. <sighs> it, Michael Cohen, if he did pocket it, it's because he knows that you know Trump doesn't pay people. <laughs> you know, just yeah. Let's take what I can get while I can get it. Well, yeah. Again, you know, if you hand Michael Cohen a bag full of cash. <laughs> In a Walmart bag. How appropriate is that? Even better. It's a giant Walmart plastic bag and then has all that cash in it. There's Because Michael Cohen could always say, well, I gave them the entire $50,000. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know why they're saying Mm -hmm. they've been stiffed because I gave them all the money. And there's no way to trace where that money went. Uh, You know, you could look at their bank account, but someone at the company could have pocketed the other $38,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it could have been Michael Cohen. It could have been someone at the company. Suffice to say, they only claim to get twelve thousand dollars. So, but then when, when you're Mr. Magoo like Donald Trump, it's so easy to, for the people around that person to just utterly take advantage of him. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's what the White House staff is doing. I mean, 
we see all these leaks coming from White House staffers just turning around and stabbing their own boss in the back. Uh, you know, obviously we see this where it's possible that Michael Cohen and there is no real official reporting on this. I'm just speculating that Michael Cohen took a bunch of this money for himself <laughs> because, of course, I can't read the whole Wall Street Journal article because I'm not subscribed to Wall Street Journal. Yeah, that, that's one problem, like at least New York Times and Washington Post and others let you read some articles before they put a paywall up in yep. front of you. Yep. Um, and the Wall Street Journal does not allow that. And I think that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm subscribed to New York Times. I'm subscribed Same to the, the Washington Post. But it's just mm-hmm. like I haven't gotten around to the Wall Street Journal thing yet. But uh, so there could be an explanation for where the rest of that money went. But I think generally speaking, the uh, the word on the street right now is that uh, they just got stiffed. That, that uh, yeah. Trump was just doing it again, where he's just like, oh, 50,000. I'm going to sell. I'm going to settle for pennies on the dollar because it's the art of the deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. OK, whatever. Uh, yeah, Cohen, by the way, also intends to describe Donald Trump as, well, you know what? We're going to come back to this. We're going to, we got, we got to talk about Patreon here, but we're going to come back to what, <laughs> how Michael Cohen is going to describe Donald Trump in congressional testimony on the record publicly on C-SPAN and across just basically every television network in existence right now. I mean, you're going to be able to dial up Bravo and Michael Cohen will be on there on February 7th, I assure you. I, you know what? I think it's going to be more popular than the OJ trial. Oh, my God. But, you know, hey, you know what should be really, really super popular right now is my conversation with Dr. Leah Torres on the uh, yes. interview show on Earth One yesterday on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Seska show. This was a fascinating discussion and it's a discussion I've been wanting to have uh, with an OBGYN who performs abortions for a long, long time. And that's the, the big <gasps> gasp. Oh, my God. She does what? Yeah, so the, the person I had on my show yesterday, talking with her, she uh, her practice is in Utah, and uh, but her practice doesn't specifically include abortion services, but she travels elsewhere to, I think there are two abortion clinics that remain open inside the state of Utah, and she goes there. So, uh, so we were talking about fetal development and all the lies that the Republicans and the anti-choice mm-hmm. movement spread about fetal mm-hmm. development when heartbeats begin, when uh, mm-hmm. fetuses feel pain, et cetera, et cetera. We mm-hmm. talked about all of that. Some of the answers may surprise you along those lines, but the thing that I noticed most about Dr. Torres just eminently reasonable. Oh, my God. So smart, so knowledgeable. I mean, we talk about experts all the time in the show, The Death of Expertise and Tom Nichols' book. This is a case where we're getting firsthand information from someone who has actually performed abortions, someone who is an expert at fetal biology, someone who is an expert at female anatomy and all the harrowing things that can happen to a woman who is pregnant and why oh, yeah. special dispensations, therefore, have to be made for a pregnant woman's bodily sovereignty etc so we talked about all of those things even got into some details about uh, the process itself and uh, and then we also then we segued into some fun things where we were talking about human sexuality we were talking about uh, whether there's even such thing as a vaginal orgasm versus a clitoral orgasm and we were getting really into uh, just fascinating and interesting conversations some things that some of our listeners on patreon never knew before are like oh, well, and, and at least you got it recorded, so you can go back and re-listen to it again, and then Kimberly will high five her later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> and absolutely. say thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, and, and so I mean, even I was like, because I've had some uh, fetal biology classes in the past right. when I was in college and stuff like that, so I knew a thing or two. I had some human sexuality classes as well. And so I knew some things, but obviously getting this from a real life expert. I mean, I was just a, a dilettante when it came to all that. And the, but getting it from a, a real life expert was really entertaining. So patreon.com slash Bob Seska show. And of course, please consider supporting the show monetarily. You can sign up at $1 a month. That's all you need to do for that. You not only get uh, the free show on our Patreon page, you can also download the app, by the way, so you'll have a dedicated app in which to listen to the the podcast. Plus, uh, for a dollar a month, you also get access to our community tab. We're also calling it The Tab. So you can go as and, you should. Like I drink the tab, and you right. have the tab. Jody's favorite beverage, also my favorite vertical on my Patreon page, the community <laughs> tab, the tab. 
And so you can post your own blog entries, your own observations about politics, the show, your personal life, whatever you want to talk about over there. Uh, lots of interesting things being posted already. Lots of comments, lots of discussion happening. It's a great community of listeners to this show. So you can also sign up for higher amounts. $5 a month will get you the postmortem show. $10 a month will get you the postmortem show and the after party, our big Friday uh, extravaganza with Kimberly A. Johnson. And then for $15 a month, you get all of those things plus a commercial-free version of this show that runs seamlessly into the post-mortem show. It's called The Ultimate Edition of the Bob Seska Show podcast. So go to patreon.com slash join slash Bob Seska Show. That'll get you signed up, and then you can go back to patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show without the join in there and, uh, and listen to all of the stuff that we have to offer. Thank you in advance, and I think that's all I have to say about that, huh? Okay, yeah, we're done. Bye. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our Weird Thursday show with Jody Hamilton. Um, everything's going to shit. You know, last night, Jody, I was uh, wandering around the house just talking to myself, as I typically do ever since uh, Trump was inaugurated. And I'm going, God damn it, why, why, why does he get, he can't keep getting away with this. He can't possibly keep getting away with this. But he keeps getting away with it. Right? He can't keep getting yes. away with it. Yes, here I am last night. He can't keep getting away with it. I mean, at some point, the congressional Republicans have to step up, but I'm not holding my breath. And so it, it just makes you feel despondent, makes you feel gaslit, makes you feel like you're taking crazy pills, goddammit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? So uh, what were we going to talk about? Oh, I know. We were still talking about uh, Michael Cohen. Says who? And uh, so Michael Cohen intends to describe Trump (laughs) as a madman during congressional testimony next month. Mm -hmm. A madman. Now, of course, we've we've all said far worse about Donald Trump. Each (laughs) each of us individually in some form or way have said terrible, terrible things about Donald Trump. So when Michael Cohen says, oh, I'm going to call him a madman, I'm going to call him a madman in congressional testimony. Of course, we're going, well, so, <laughs> but this is really important because, again, this goes on to the congressional record. This is something that uh, is coming from an, a former ally of Donald Trump who only until recently uh, was Donald basically Donald Trump's right-hand man. He was Donald Trump's bag man. He was Donald Trump's confidant. He's the guy who Donald Trump used. He was, he was Donald Trump's dust buster. To use mm-hmm. the term from primary colors. He was the guy who went around and fixed things for Trump. He was the fixer. He was, you know, paid off porn stars and did all kinds of nefarious things. Went to Prague, allegedly, and, <laughs> and dealt with the, the Russians on, on uh, occasions. He's all over the Steele dossier. And now this guy is going to sit down in front of Congress on national television uh, for hours and hours on end. It's, it's actually not just going to be one day. It's going to be a couple of days. And he's going to call the president of the United States a madman. And so the importance of this, Jody, is that it it really hits the ball into the Republicans' court. Are we going to continue to allow a madman to not only be president of the United States, but to also shut down the federal government for, by that point in time, what, I don't know how many, 50 days, if if it keeps going? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, So along those lines... It looks like there's not going to be a State of the Union address. I, I th- Again, um, this is something where I, I, so brilliant on behalf of, of Nancy Pelosi, because the thing that I thought of when I first saw this was she's denying this guy TV time. Yeah. And, and all he wants is TV time. So what's going to happen is he's going to do some sort of cosplay version of the State of the Union address, right? Like he's going to do this at the Oval right. Office or he's going to do it better yet in front of a crowd of red hats. He's going to do the State of the Union address. But still, I mean, the, the State of the Union address is carefully crafted over the course of weeks, if not months. I know that Stephen Miller, among other people, are working on the State of the Union address. And it turns out they might not even be able to deliver it to members of Congress on, you know, because there's 
There's something about being able to stand there on that dais in the House of Representatives inside the House chamber with the American flag and the vice president sitting there and the Speaker of the House sitting there and all of the applause breaks. And then it's just going to end up being another rally, Mm -hmm. which case who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's doing that again. Oh, he's screaming again. And his red hats are chanting, lock her up again. Mm -hmm. Oh, yawn. Yawn. (laughs) Exactly. We've seen all this. And so, you know, they are not even bothering to negotiate, to say, okay, look, all right, you got us. You got us. You know, it's funny. I saw a guy tweet something along these lines. And, and you know, a blue check, basically. A blue check trumper. And they, yes, they do exist. A blue check Trumper was trying to tell us yesterday that uh, Nancy Pelosi, by can't, by saying we can't have the State of the Union because of security issues, uh, this guy was saying that that's checkers compared to oh, Donald yeah. Trump's chess. Che- uh huh. Right. And if Donald Trump is playing chess, why the hell would he tell Mick Mulvaney, you fucked it all up, Mick? <laughs> I mean, that's an actual quote from Donald Trump. I mean, there were witnesses in the room, and they all say that Donald Trump turned to Mick Mulvaney and said, hey, Mick, you know, you fucked it all up. The whole goddamn shutdown, you fucked it up. And then meanwhile, you know, he's serving hamburgers to football players, and his poll numbers are collapsing. Do you mean to tell me that's, that's chess? He doesn't know what he's doing. He's lost. He's collapsing. On top of the fact that he is absolutely 100% caught. He is caught, Mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of time before he's stripped of his presidency. You're under arrest, Trump. I hope you're right. I I mean, I felt like I had to, uh, I I have to clarify for Stephanie Miller Show listeners, because uh, on the show on Wednesday morning, I was talking about the thing I wrote for Salon, which is basically like, okay, Democrats, make sure you don't try to one-up Trump on the obnoxious blurting of things. Don't try to compete with Trump when it comes to saying crazy shit on the internet. Just right. don't don't even go there. It's Trumpism. We need to kill it. We don't need to metastasize it. But at the same time, I, I felt like I was assuming that Donald Trump was actually going to make it to the 2020 election. And I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. saying he is. I mean, he can always be removed from office. There could be some sort of catastrophic thing where the Republicans finally say, "Uh, we can't go along with you on this one, Mr. President. You got to go. And I think it's going to come down to that first. I think it's going to come down to Republican leadership going up to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, sitting down with president in the Oval Office and saying, all right, it's time to go. The Barry Goldwater thing. Yeah, I mean, and Buzz has been saying this for a while. Yes, uh, the Republicans were behind Nixon until they weren't. Yeah. And it was and they turned on a dime. Once they finally turned, they were done. Exactly. And so I think Buzz is right. I mean, I remember when Nixon um, resigned. My parents made us watch it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I vividly remember the blue curtain and the, and him looking ter- terrified, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And uh, and so, I mean, they said, you have to watch this. We didn't want to. We were young. We wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um like outside, you know what kids used to do? They used to go outside <laughs> yeah, to play. Right. Um, so uh, we watched it, and, and I remember it, and I remember it being a big deal. And and I, I, since then, of course, I, I know more about it because I'm older and I've read about it. Mm-hmm. But it definitely was, and I keep reminding my mother because she remembers it, but she doesn't remember the support of Nixon as it was then, like it is now with Trump, because I think... Because of the fire hose of news and because yeah. of how Trump is doing it, the news wasn't like this in the in the seventies. Well part by of any stretch. Yeah. Well, part of what Nixon was doing didn't necessarily involve manipulating uh, you know, people through social media because obviously exactly. social media did not exist. And, and he didn't have Fox News. Didn't have Fox News, didn't have all of it. So there is right. an advantage that Trump has over Nixon, which is probably why Absolutely. Trump has lasted as long as he has, because he's artificially yeah, he's artificially propped up by all of this online manipulation that's going on, plus cable news and AM talk radio to that uh, to that extent. And so, uh, you know, it's possible that Donald Trump will leave office before the election. But at the same time, there's going to be a Democratic race for president. They are going to do it. And to a certain extent, for a certain period of time, their main opponent is going to be Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is going to be there. So Donald Trump is going to be attacking them, too. And the mm-hmm. temptation is still going to be there to fight back on Donald Trump's terms. And I'm saying, no, no, no. Nine, nine, nine. D- don't, 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 don't do it. 
So mm-hmm. uh, so there's that. I just want to clarify that because I, I got the sense that people were thinking, oh, Bob thinks that it's there's actually going to be Donald Trump in the 2020 presidential election on Election Day. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying that even if he resigns tomorrow, we still have to plan as if we're going to run against him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, you can't absolutely can't be caught with our pants down, not knowing how. Oh my! Oh, Donald Trump isn't resigning. Oh shit! What do we do? We don't want right. to have that eventuality. So okay. So I just want to clarify all of that. Meanwhile, the government shutdown is causing more economic damage than was estimated. It could push the economy into a recession. White House economic advisor Kevin Hassett called the damage to the economy a little bit worse than anticipated. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. Donald Trump, this guy's boss, is playing chess. That's exactly mm-hmm. what. Uh, because they miscalculated the rate of damage by uh, failing to account for government contractors. Meanwhile, the White House revised estimates for the Council of Economic Advisors, which shows that the shutdown, now in its 27th day, reduces quarterly economic growth by 0.13 percentage points for every week that it lasts. Wow. Holy fucking shit. These fucking deranged monsters. And I say that as someone who, as you all know, who've been listening for a long time, you all know that I was fucking steamrolled in the last uh, uh, recession. Mm -hmm. And I am not looking forward to the next one. I assure you, even though Donald Trump's going to get the blame for it, and I'm going to make sure he does, at least for my part, uh, I don't want it to happen (laughs) because I remember what it felt like the last time around. And granted, the last time around was... Uh, an exception when it comes to uh, recessions. It was exceptionally horrible, you know, and and maybe this recession won't be as horrible, but it's still going to be horrible for a lot of people. And these guys are actually bringing us closer and closer to that brink. And I guess the solution is going to be, we didn't do it. It's all their fault. It's the Democrats. It's the Democrat party that did it. (sighs) That's what we're going to hear. Uh-huh. But 0.13 percentage points for every week that it lasts. So it's going to go on and on and on, I assure you. I mean, I, I, I don't even know how it's going to end at this point. I mean, I don't see... Wh- where do you see this, Jody? How, how is this going to wrap up? Is Donald Trump going to cave? Uh, is Chuck Schumer going to cave? Is Mitch McConnell going to cave? I know Nancy Pelosi ain't going to cave. I would she ain't tell you going that anywhere. Right no. I think, um, well, Mitch McConnell has to. Yeah, well, there's because no doubt. it's in his hands right now. He could yeah. the, the government could be reopened right now if he just got the vote on the Senate floor because it's a veto-proof majority. Mm-hmm. At least it was when they last voted on it a month ago. Yeah. Um. And so uh, there's literally no reason for that. And then Trump just doesn't sign it. He doesn't have to necessarily veto it. Pocket veto it goes back down, and then it gets passed again through or, v- veto-proof majorities. I mean, exactly. It, Trump doesn't even have to sign it. He can still go see. I didn't sign it without vetoing it either. Yeah. Yeah, he can do he can do that with which his his squishy base would be fine with. Well, he didn't veto it, but at least he didn't sign it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he's artificially being propped up right now. I think McConnell's being artificially propped up and Trump's artificially being propped up despite their their failing uh, poll numbers. Uh, The fact is, is I think they still have some level of support, mainly because, you know, the rubes are kind of going, well, it seems like everything's okay. Uh, it's fine. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that, that cartoon with the dog sitting amongst the fire and going, oh, it's, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. And they're thinking, well, I guess we don't need a gigantic federal government to do all this shit. I guess we're okay without it. And that's, I think to a certain extent, I think Donald Trump believes that because, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I, I, I've known people who have mindsets that are similar to Donald Trump. So I kind of feel like I have a bit of an insight in terms of how Donald Trump views, generally speaking, uh, situations like this. And I think to a certain extent, Donald Trump is going, eh, everything's good. I mean, what, what are you worried about? I mean, no one's dying. You know, you still walk outside. There's still snow on the ground. Streets are still getting plowed. The police are still working. What's everyone worried about? Well, how about 0.13% being knocked off of the GDP for every week that this goddamn shutdown lasts? Well, and then people that are that are entitled to their Social Security benefits, yeah. that's being delayed. Yep. Um, it looks like there could be problems with Medicare coming up if it lasts much longer because there, people aren't working. Yep. Certain things are not... Cons- and then they're forcing, what, 40,000 IRS agents to go back to work without pay? I thought that's called slavery. <laughs> exactly right. 
And, and you know, when uh, airplanes start dropping out of the sky, too. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If TSA agents all across in major cities, L.A., you know, you know your big cities, yeah. just said, you know what, we're not going to go to work, say, on a Sunday or on a Friday or a Tuesday. Those are your mm-hmm. big travel days. Just don't show up. Yep. Everybody calls in sick. That shuts down the country. The, the problem with all of this, the problem with all the downsides that go along with this extended, ridiculous Donald Trump shutdown is the mm-hmm. fact that they can still, at least up to a certain point among uh, a certain percentage of the electorate, they can still say, oh, look, it's because of Nancy Pelosi. It's because of the Democrats. The Democrats are doing this. Blame them. It's not us. It's them. And that's because that's, they're getting their news from Fox, and that's what Fox is telling yeah. them when, in fact, Nancy Pelosi passed the same Senate bill. Yeah, exactly. And also, it, it, they're badly miscalculating because you're mm-hmm. not, you can't win elections with 37% of registered or likely voters. It's just not going right. to happen. It's just right. basic math. You know, even I can do that calculation. <laughs> 37% is nowhere close to being a majority of the votes. But I guess they think that uh, Vladimir Putin's going to swoop in and help them again. Uh, maybe that's the calculus. I don't know. But this is just a failing, failing maneuver by Donald Trump. Once again, Donald Trump makes things worse for Donald Trump. He always, always does. Meanwhile, a bipartisan group of senators plan to send Trump a letter pressing him to reopen the government in return for their commitment to work with him on border, uh, a border security package. I mean, it's, it's, the Democrats have been saying, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer have been saying for mo- for like a month now, mm-hmm. y- yeah, we're, we're providing fu- funding for border security. We agree that there needs to be border security, but we're not going to build this fucking eyesore because mm-hmm. you asked for it, because you threw a fucking tantrum, and it's completely unnecessary, by the way. That's the that's the disconnect here. But again, I don't know if that's making it through the noise. I certainly hope that that clip by Rudy Giuliani on CNN has made it to Fox News Channel. I don't know for sure, uh, but I assume that this was a topic of conversation. I mean, how could it not be Uh, even to debunk it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, they'd have to show it to debunk it. So I, I, don't, <laughs> right. I, I know that this morning they weren't talking about it. So maybe the afternoon people will. But this morning they weren't. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And by the way, you know what? We haven't even gotten to the seven different uh, stupid Watergate stories that I have <laughs> so true. sitting in front of me. Uh, yeah. Well, here's here's where we'll start with this. Uh, well, first of all, The Atlantic, which is one of the more mm-hmm. even-keeled magazines mm-hmm. out there. You do have a diversity of opinion in The Atlantic. It is not a left-wing magazine by any stretch of the imagination. Remember, you know, there uh, Andrew Sullivan wrote for The Atlantic for a long time. Mm-hmm. There are conservative-leaning writers in The Atlantic. The Atlantic has called for the impeachment of Donald Trump. The, the, I mean, on the front page, one giant word in red lettering, impeach. You know, again, mm-hmm. get it through your thick skulls, people. We're there. We're, we're, oh, we yeah. long past that point. Donald Trump should have impe- been impeached after Charlottesville, for God's sake. Well, he should have been impeached just by virtue of the fact that his hotel is still open at the post office in D.C. <laughs> That's right. I mean, just for the that. emoluments, right? Which uh, William Barr has never heard Doesn't of emoluments before. He, uh, I think everybody has learned what that <laughs> word meant. And he, isn't he a lawyer? Shouldn't he know? Yeah, he should probably figure that out since it's in the, you know, Constitution. Constitution, yeah. Ma- maybe just like his boss, he hasn't bothered to read it in a while or ever. Um, maybe. So, yeah. So the Atlantic, this is good. I mean, the more this gets out as a legitimate level of conversation, because I know, remember, I got into a fight with Michael Steele on Twitter because mm-hmm. Michael Steele said on election night last year, he said, oh, yeah, I think it's stupid to start talking about impeachment. Well, now Michael Steele's all over, you know, high crimes and all that shit right now on Twitter. So it's like, didn't mm-hmm. you say, didn't you tell me personally that I was being <laughs> stupid for calling for the impeachment of the president? Meanwhile, Konstantin Kalimnik, did you see Rachel Maddow's interview with uh, Chuck Schumer the other night, Jody? No, but didn't he like admit to something that he may not have supposed to have been said? Something classified? Yeah, he said, and I I don't have the clip here in front of me, but you're just going to have to take my word for it, that while um, Rachel Maddow and Chuck Schumer were talking about Konstantin Kalimnik, remember, Kalimnik is Manafort's man in Kiev. He's Mm -hmm. Konstantin Kalimnik's the go-between between between Manafort and Oleg Deripaska. 
Konstantin Kalimnik has done all kinds of things. Konstantin Kalimnik has been the recipient, the centerpiece of a lot of what we've been referring to as collusion. (laughs) Former GRU, of course, there was that. Uh, Prosecutors filed a 31-page affidavit from an FBI agent and another 406-page blacked-out series of exhibits after a federal judge ordered them to lay out the factual and evidentiary basis for their claims that Manafort repeatedly lied after his plea deal and as a result had breached his cooperation agreement. And then so they're talking about all of this on Rachel Maddow with Chuck Schumer. And then Chuck Schumer goes, oh yeah, and by the way, he was also at the Trump Tower meeting with Manafort and Kushner and John, Don Jr. And I was like, who? Whoa, wait a yes, minute here. It does sound like, yeah, he was reading, he was um, putting out redacted information. Yeah, so I, of course, immediately after that, tweeted out, I was like, with tagging Chuck Schumer, tagging Rachel Maddow, I said, did he just admit what I thought he admitted? And everyone was like, yeah, I heard that too. Why did he say Kalimnik was at the Trump Tower meeting? Did, did he mean the Seychelles meeting? Did he mean something else? Uh, it's possible. It's possible that he just was uh, ranting and uh, and mistook, uh, you know, uh, Veselnitskaya or someone. They're both Russian. I guess there's that, mm-hmm. but... But beyond that, how do you mistake those two people? But uh, I don't know why Chuck Schumer said that Kalimnik was. If he was, that would be gigantic because that would mm-hmm. connect Jared Kushner and mm-hmm. Don Jr. to Konstantin mm-hmm. Kalimnik, which then connects to Oleg Deripaska, which then connects to why the fuck are they lifting sanctions against Oleg Deripaska <sighs> with 42 Republican votes in favor of that? The House just voted a little bit ago, by the way, to not do that. Um, and 53 people voted against that. Basically, the House just voted against what the Senate voted for. Okay. Um, and uh, But 53 people in the House didn't vote the way that the rest of uh, the House voted. So that most likely, I'm, I'm just going to go with they were 53 Republicans yeah, so in the ba- House that voted to lift the sanctions, whereas the rest of the House said, nah. So basically, the whole thing is uh, is done. So uh, Mnuchin and Trump are just going to go forward and say, "Okay, Deripaska, you're off the hook. Go, go yep. and enjoy your billions in cash." Yep. And thank you very much. Don't forget us when it comes time to build Trump Tower Moscow. Thank you. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bye bye. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what it yep. is. Yep. Jesus fucking Christ! He can't. He can't keep getting away with it. And he doesn't. can't keep getting away with it. I know. It's so sad, Jesse. He can't keep getting away with it. He really, really does. Okay, one last break. Back with more show right after this. Well, it looks like that wicked winter air is setting in. And you know how washing up in winter can leave your hands drier and Rick Perry's hooses on a Saturday night. <laughs> well, friend, fret no more. Whip your dry skin into shape. <laughs> with whoop-ass hand balm from Bubble Genius. Them good folks over at Bubble Genius have loaded up their whoop-ass with a whole mess of nature's goodies. Like genuine shea butter and sweet almond oil. Citrus extracts and sage. Which are wonderful for healing and fixing your skin right up. This here ain't no sissy hand balm. This here's some serious stuff. So if long days out on the range are leaving your skin tighter than socks on a rooster... Then it sure is time to open a cane of whoop-ass. By the by, this stuff's great on rough elbows. And knees, too. Hear that, Mitch McConnell? Check out the entire line of whoop-ass products, including body whip and soap, at BubbleGenius.com. Bubble Genius. Y'all suds up now, you hear? Bob Seska! The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, we have some breaking news that this happened. I'm glad we took a break so I could get this news. By the way, thanks to Tom Wellborn. Tom Wellborn is uh, an amazing source for uh, aggregating all this shit on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, etc. I want to send a a shout-out to Tom Wellborn and thank him for for all of this, because it wasn't for Tom Wellborn, I wouldn't have seen this letter. Donald Trump has written a letter to uh, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, yeah. Yeah, it says, uh, Dear Madam Speaker, due to the shutdown, I am sorry to inform you that your trip to Brussels, Egypt, and Afghanistan has been postponed. 
I don't. Can he do that? I guess it maybe is, is this a presidential uh, he can, trip? He can, he, yeah, it's, I mean it's a government paid flight, so oh, I, I guess he can he can withdraw that offer. So then, if she wants to go, then she'd have to fly commercial. But I wouldn't hmm. want to fly into Afghanistan commercial. Yes, yeah, it's a gigantic breach of national security. Telling the, you know potential terrorists where the speaker of the house is traveling to. He says here, we will reschedule this seven-day excursion when the shutdown is over. And, of course, shutdown has a capital S at the front of it. Of course it does. In light of the 800,000 great American workers not receiving pay, I'm sure you would agree that postponing this public relations event is totally appropriate. Well, you know, she's visiting foreign countries. Uh, She's going to Afghanistan, which is more than Donald Trump has ever done. So Mm -hmm. there's that. I also feel that during this period, it would be better if you were in Washington negotiating with me and joining the strong border security movement to end the shutdown. Obviously, if you would like to make your journey by flying commercial, that would certainly be your prerogative. I look forward to seeing you soon and even more forward to watching our open and dangerous southern border finally receive the attention, funding, and security it so desperately deserves. Sincerely, EKG, his ridiculous (laughs) spiky signature. Uh, in, in Sharpie marker at the bottom, and that's dated today, of course. So that's the uh, that's the latest from that. Donald Trump uh, throwing down a Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, that's that's like you know again he's bringing a you know a, a, a stick of butter to a knife fight because well, to a gunfight at that point. I mean, he, he she's got him by the short and curlies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you compare this uh, Nancy Pelosi's trip apparently that no one had heard of until today. Right. <laughs> so it's it sounds like it was a classified trip. Yeah. Yeah, or it may have been so a class or it's just kind of an inconsequential trip in the grand scheme, right. as opposed to, you know, the State of the Union address, which everyone expects right. in January. It's an annual thing. It's a big deal. It's one of the biggest events of the political year on the political calendar. And th- this is going to somehow retaliate against that. Yeah, Donald Trump totally playing chess. Boy, he's a Vulcan. That mind of his steel yeah. trap. There is no off position on the genius switch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh, shit. God damn it. Yep. Okay. So, uh, Donald Trump called a New York Times reporter and defended Russia against claims of election interference the Mm -hmm. day after he met privately with Putin in July of 2017. So the entire American intelligence community, as well as other officials surrounding that intelligence community, are going, Russia absolutely and completely, and by the way, here's the evidence, interfered in the 2016 election to support Donald Trump. They hacked people. They manipulated social media, the whole nine yards, active measures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Donald Trump, in July of 2017, is still trying to put the word out that, no, no, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. Why? Why? Oh, because Vladimir Putin told me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Jesus yep. Christ. Fuck you! Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, Trump insisted that the call remain off the record while arguing that the Russians had been falsely accused of interfering in the 2016 election. Trump and Putin have met five times in private, and the U.S. has no records or notes of any of their conversations. The story we talked about with Buzz on Tuesday. Uh, again, more and more and more. Paul Manafort, meanwhile, worked with unknown intermedi- intermediaries, which is a tough word to say, to get people uh, appointed in the Trump administration in January of 2017. So there were still communications going on between Paul Manafort and the Trump White House, or in this case, the Trump transition. Uh, into 2017, the former Trump campaign chairman continued to speak with un- the unidentified group of people through February of 2018. Not even a year ago, months mm-hmm. after Manafort was indicted by Mueller's prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it? Empty Wheel was saying that, uh, that if uh, Rudy Giuliani is accusing members of the campaign of, uh, of colluding with Russia, why would Donald Trump's defense team still have a, a mutual defense agreement going on with Paul Manafort? Mm-hmm. One of the colluders, according to Rudy Giuliani. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? That's despicable. <laughs> You're despicable. Oh, my God. 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 Rick Gates uh, told Mueller, meanwhile, about Trump campaign's dealings with Psy Group, which plotted social media manipulation during the 2016 campaign. Former Trump campaign aide had requested proposals from the Psy Group, P-S-Y, to help. <laughs> Scary. Psy Group. They're using, like, the uh-huh. first three letters from the word PSYOP. 
mm-hmm. to help Trump during the campaign, which included creating fake social media accounts to engage voters and Republican campaign delegates. It's unclear if the campaigns were ever carried out for Trump. But still, another little piece of the puzzle, isn't it? And, <sighs> and finally, uh, before we wrap up here, that, uh, that woman, that Belarusian woman who claimed to have 16 hours of audio recordings linking Russia to Trump, uh, will be deported after spending nearly a year behind bars in Thailand. I can only imagine what that prison facility is like in Thailand. It's probably mm-hmm. lovely, isn't it? Oh, I'm sure. Probably gets her own little individual soaps. <laughs> pay-per-view on TV. I'm sure it's lovely. Uh, but uh, Vashukovic, Anastasia Vashukovic, God bless you. Yeah, exactly. It's right. like I, I'm so glad I'm not going to be in high school in five years. <laughs> Vashukovic pleaded guilty to charges of solicitation and conspiracy in the uh, in that provincial court. Vashukovic requested asylum in the U.S. in exchange for her recordings, which she claimed contained evidence that could help shed light on Russian meddling in the 2016 presidential election. I wonder why she wasn't granted asylum. There's a little shocking detail. I can't believe can't believe Donald Trump didn't okay that. And again, it's the it's the little details. Sometimes reading be- between the lines gives you further indication of of what's really really happening. By the way, once again, you know, uh, I want to go back to Michael Steele real quick. I, you know, I, I hate to keep patting myself on the back, and and those of us who are on the show and and our circle of friends, Jody, we all know this. We've all been saying for a long time now what's really going on. And it, I, I kind of resent when people finally catch up now. I know. After accusing us of wearing tinfoil hats and running around like screaming conspiracy theorists for all this time. I think the... I, the, I resent the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even The Intercept. I mean, The Intercept, uh, you know, owes a lot of us a gigantic apology. Oh, yeah. Not holding my breath, but uh, there it is. All right. Jody Hamilton can be heard at from-the-bunker.com, the From the Bunker podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes. You can also find it, uh, you can find uh, Jody on Twitter at From the Bunker Jr. Meanwhile, Buzz Burbank is at buzzburbank.com. Also, the Realm Network, which is realmnetwork.com. Jackie Schechner is at investigaterussia.org. Support her endeavors over there at investigaterussia.org slash donate. Stephanie Miller's at stephaniemiller.com, of course. Kimberly Johnson, her podcast is at patreon.com slash startmeup. You want to listen to Scott Dworkin on her show from yesterday. Super entertaining, super informative, and of course it's going to drive you crazy because Donald Trump is super guilty and we all know it. All right, that's it for the show. We'll see you on the post show on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.